0: okay
1: did you get the wire out the red wire no 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 the red one show me the red wire the red one yes good
0: now you're going to plug that red wire where the blue wire goes in the board put the red wire where the blue wire goes in the board okay but don't let them touch see where you took the blue one off yes now put the red one no don't don't put the blue one back put the red one where the blue one was and put the blue one where the red one was but be careful they're oppositely charged so keep them away from each other make sure you hold them apart from no hold them apart (laughs) Are you okay?
1: Welcome, everyone, from across the universe to the Wampa's Lair podcast. Star Wars is for everyone, so pull up a chair, get comfortable, and join the conversation with your hosts, Carl LeClaire and Jason Hunt, here in the Wampa's Lair. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair podcast. This is episode number 410, Clan of Two. I'm, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Din Djarin to my Grogu, we've got Carl LeClaire.
0: Oh, that's right, Jason. What a perfect uh, little character setup for this episode, because we are here to talk our top five Dinjarin and Grogu moments seasons two one and two are out there's so many great moments between these two beloved characters and i'm so pumped to talk about some of our favorite moments tonight with you jason
1: i'm super excited this is gonna be so much fun um i I had a lot of fun trying to pick my top moments uh for these two because there's so many good ones there
0: really are um and as I was like compiling my list, I'm like, wait, I forgot that one. Oh, f- I forgot that one. I forgot that one. So I'm always in that boat whenever we do top fives, Jason's where I'm like, I'm really, really hoping Jason has this one on his list because it's not on mine, but I really want to talk about it.
1: Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. There, there's one I specifically left off my list because I'm like, I'm pretty sure Carl has that. <laughs> so I don't need to include it on mine. So
0: see, this is, this is again, what I love about doing this with you is because you you I'm so much easier to read than you. Not that you're not that you're like very difficult, but I'm just so easy that it's like you're probably right. Whatever that moment might be. I'm sure it'll be on my list. I'm whenever I come to there are particular things when we do these top fives where I'm like, I don't know where the heck Jason's going to go with this. And I'm just so excited to hear where you go. So <laughs> so we will see. Um, Man, I, I'm yeah, I'm just we will see.
1: We, For- she cried never, it's too late it's not. now sorry <laughs> do you think she suspects on attack I don't know but we must move quickly to start all communications down there <laughs> yes we're getting ready to talk Grogu and Din Djarin, and here we are being Nemoidians.
0: yeah well you know I'm sure the inspiration of Din and Grogu were definitely Rune Hako and Newt Gunray so
1: I mean, absolutely. You, the resemblance is uncanny, Carl. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, before we hop into all of our our Grogu and Din moments, uh, we had a poll uh, last week where we did our season two recap of, of Mandalorian. And we asked all of you what your favorite episode was. And, Jason, we got a ton of responses. What did folks have to say about this one?
1: We did. We got a lot. Um so thank you everyone for weighing in. Uh, I did not um, take responses that said all of it because I, we wanted specific episodes for this poll. Uh, but I understand that it's hard to pick a favorite with this season. I literally kind of—I I literally just made my pick, and I've had a week to think about this. So, you know, congrats to everyone who was able to pick um, a lot quicker than I did. But um, in sixth place, with I, I, I got all of the episodes on my list here. Um, not all of them got votes, though. And so in sixth place with no votes, we have The Passenger and The Siege, so Chapter 10 and Chapter 12. Um, in fifth place with four votes, we've got Chapter 13, The Jedi. Uh, in fourth place with five votes, we've got Chapter 9, The Marshal. Uh, in Oh, and um, Chapter 15, The Believer, that tied with The Marshal. In third place, uh, with eight votes, we have chapter 14, "The Tragedy," uh, and that's where your vote went, Carl.: Damn right. <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, this episode for me is just below chapter two, is my favorite Mandalorian episode. Very so, awesome. Um, yeah i i I love the it has great action i i I love these kind of just really small contained stories and granted we get a lot of those in mandalorian um chapter two is in the same vein it's just like a nice small tidy contained story um but this one just it has some of my favorite action sequences great music um and then the emotional implications of losing grogu is just so beautiful to me and i go back to the fact that i've watched this episode the most of any episode probably except chapter two so
1: fair enough yeah Uh, and then uh in second place with nine votes we have chapter 11 the heiress uh that one got a lot of votes but uh probably to no one's surprise chapter 16 the rescue was number one with 14 votes um including mine uh but probably not for the reason everyone else well (laughs) yes i love luke's showing luke showing up that is one of my favorite moments in star wars The reason why this is my favorite episode of the season is because of Din and the child and everything else that they, everything that they have to go through to get reunited only to say goodbye once again. Um, And uh, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about all that later in the topic. But uh, that gives us our poll results. Uh, We've got a really fun matchup for you at the end of this episode. So stay tuned for that as well as some fun, other giveaways and other things that, uh, Carl's been cooking up over there. So, um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, definitely
0: stick around for the end of the episode. We have a, another giveaway coming your way. Uh, uh, that I'm going to announce at the end of the show. Uh, and we also have a new initiative. We're going to give a, we're going to try something with a new high Republic novel. So, Um, If you want to hear about what we're doing with that, stick around till after our top five, and and you'll get the details on that. Um, Jason, really,
1: just because Christmas is over doesn't mean Carl is done giving all of you uh, (laughs) wonderful Larians more more gifts from from us to you. So, (laughs) Carl Claus is a year round thing. (laughs) Santa Claus is is
0: is certainly who I wish I could be. Um, So I just I can't stop. Um, but Jason, before we dive into our top five, uh, I want to share a quick story if you don't mind. And I didn't tell you about this beforehand because I wanted to hopefully surprise you. It's a very short story, but, um, I love, I gotta say, uh, and, and I don't know how you feel about this. Sometimes I get a little, uh, I just sometimes get like okay I'm a little over Star Wars right now. Um not like I don't like it or sometimes you just get a little bit burned out with it, right? Um yes. I think that's true of anything in life. Just need a break. Yes. Um and I was kind of getting to that place again. Sometimes whenever we get just like an influx of news, it sometimes exhausts me personally. So I'm like, oh, I need a break. But something happened this weekend on Sunday that just kind of relit the fire again. Um and to be fair, the, the new Charles Soule High Republic novel, Light of the Jedi, is certainly helping a lot because I'm telling wow. y'all, this book is so
1: good. And I know Jason's almost done with the audiobook. Uh huh. Um, I've, and- I've got four chapters left on the audiobook. <laughs> it's only an hour and a half out of a 13 hour audiobook that I have left over to, <laughs> to finish it. And I will probably finish it tonight. Um, it. Maybe tomorrow, depending on how things go.
0: <laughs> I got to say, this is quickly climbing the charts of my favorite new canon book. Uh, it's so good. Uh, but okay. we're going we'll share a little bit more about that at the end of the episode. But that being said, on Sunday, um, my my partner was over. She helped me undecorate my apartment for Christmas, which is always my least favorite thing to do. As uh-huh. we were undecorating, I was playing John Williams Christmas and the Christmas at the Pops record because um, John Williams used to conduct Christmas uh, concerts here in Boston for years. So we're listening to that music as we're undecorating and undecorating is my least favorite time of the year. But then I sat down to put on some of the, the playoff games cause I really enjoy the NFL. Um, and during the commercials, I was like, "Oh, I wonder what else is on TV. TBS was doing a star Wars marathon. Jason, I haven't watched star Wars on TV and I can't tell you how long I got into it right towards the end of empire strikes back I turned off football, finished Empire, and watched all of Return of the Jedi. <laughs> um, and it just like recaught the magic because it was it was like this beautiful inverse. And I've told this story before on the show, but when I was a kid, obviously I didn't have any of the home copies of Star Wars. You know, the VHSs I still didn't own when I first got into Star Wars. So my only way to consume Star Wars was watching on the Sci Fi Channel. They used to do marathons around Christmas time. And I just thought it was so just ironic that as Christmas season was ending this year, and I was undecorating, I was watching Star Wars on TV, and it just, I just felt so joyful about Star Wars again. And I just wanted to share that. You know, it was so like having to sit through commercial breaks. Um, it was also the full screen version. I mean, I always watch widescreen, so it was interesting to see the different aspect ratio. Um, I loved it. It just, I was just sitting on my couch, smiling the whole time. And it's like, um, I've seen these movies a bazillion times, but there was just something so beautiful about seeing it on TV again. Um, so I just wanted to, I just wanted to share that story.
1: No, that's awesome. Um, I wish I had known. Gosh, gosh. Um, I don't know. That was Sunday. Sunday. I was in the middle of working on stuff, but man, I'd known that TBS, I might've, I might've abandoned my work anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> gosh,
0: my partner was like, haven't you, you know, seen these a million times Don't you have them. I was like, I haven't seen them on TV in so long. <laughs> I just couldn't, <laughs> couldn't, could not stop watching.
1: Uh, it is, it really is sort of a, it's a different experience. Um, yeah. And, and most people, Outside of the fandom, wouldn't understand, but here we are. Yes, so.
0: yes, indeed. Um, well, my my dear Grogu, shall we begin? Eh? <laughs> He's the most adorable yes. character in Star Wars. Um, uh, yeah. So we're gonna, as I kind of mentioned last week, this uh, this coming. October will be 10 years of doing the Wampus Lair. So kind of is just a, a, a year-long celebration of a decade of podcasting. Every month, we promise to give you a top five episode because those are just our favorite things to do. Yeah. Um, so every single month, get, get on board for a top five of some sort of category because uh, that's just our favorite thing to do here in, in, in the Lair. So uh, that being said, we're going to kind of go back to our old model of doing top fives by mentioning our honorable mentions first rather than saving them for later. Um, Mm -hmm. I have a couple, so I'm going to kick it off, Jason. You Um, do that. My first honorable mention is, in fact, the first meeting of Grogu and Din from the end of chapter one. Um, This is just a great moment. He is there simply doing his job as a bounty hunter. And he's looking for a 50-year-old, and this is who he finds. (laughs) He slays IG-11 because I just feel like immediately there's something that connects him to this child. He can't let it just be shot in cold blood. And there's just this impulse to protect it. Um, And, of course, that beautiful shot of them touching fingers is, is obviously meant to be reminiscent of the famous painting, The Creation of Adam where God and Adam are touching fingers, it's this idea that God springs life out of lifelessness. And I feel like this moment is quite beautifully capturing that. Neither one of these characters' lives will be the same after this encounter. Din is about to go through a pr- dramatic transformation over the next s- several months to year, however long their time is together, we don't know. As is Grogu. Um, mm-hmm. So I just, like, I couldn't not mention that.
1: I couldn't not mention it either, so I'm going to reserve comment.
0: <laughs> Great.
1: <laughs> um, so where does your first honorable mention lie? My honorable mention is uh, from Chapter 9, The Marshal, and it's just a small little moment. Um, and I love this moment, not only because of the music, uh, which is probably the most popular music that came out of uh, that episode, the traveling music, um, and tattooing traveling music, but... Uh, I love this moment because of just the excited, giddy face of the child of, of Grogu as Mandalorian <laughs> is zipping across the sands of Tatooine, his ears flapping in the wind, grinning as he leans over at the bag that he's sitting in and just watching the desert roll by. I love this moment. It's so adorable. Um And I, I just, I love it. It's, it's, The two of them, you know, traveling along, and Grogu just loves, loves being there, so...
0: Just giving Grogu his uh, his head-beaten beats. <laughs> ah. Yes, please. <laughs> oh, that is a great little moment right there, like you said. It's just, it's so fun, you know. Um, yeah, really, this is the thing with some of these moments, right? There's not a whole lot to say. You just kind of love it for loving it. And, you know, it, it's so comparable to, you know, your dog sticking their head out the window, <laughs> you know, yep. on the highway. Like, just that 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 feeling of open air um and not to equate grogu with a pet he's not really a pet but just that similar feeling that that excitement of just hey this is really fun if you've ever ridden on the back of a motorcycle or you've ever ridden a motorcycle like there's just an elation at the the speed and the excitement of those moments and and grogu's just living right in it
1: oh yeah or, or even you know just a, a as a kid a bicycle at high speed you know yeah. it's absolutely it's, it's great um you know, and it's them together. So you know, hey, yeah. that's why it's that's why it's in my my list here. Honorable mention. Love it. But um, you got one more honorable mention, here, Carl.
0: I do, and uh, mine comes from Chapter Six, The Prisoner, and it's the moment towards the end of the episode when uh, Din saves Grogu from uh, the Droid Zero. Mm. it just it's kind of a comical moment Zero pulls his gun up on Grogu who's standing in, in Mando's bed and he lifts his hand to use the force and then he you know he explodes from behind and Grogu looks at his hand like wow I did that and then you see Din there with his gun <laughs> so, you, yeah. so you know who really did <laughs> that um, was that me what? oh hi <laughs> okay. um, and It's just it's just this great little moment where, uh, you know, we know that Grogu has the force, but for whatever reason, it it takes a lot for him to use it. And he doesn't quite have it here. Um, He's not he's better at using it for others than he is for himself. But what uh, Din has, he may not have the force, but I'd like to say he has the force of love for Grogu. um, And he he comes in at the last minute to to rescue him. Um, That's.
1: Power of love!
0: Sorry. (laughs) But
1: uh, yeah, that's my second honorable mention. I'm in a mood, Carl. I'm in a mood today. Good. Uh, Bring it. (laughs) No, it's a a great moment. Mm. Uh, I love it. A a little bit of uh, comedy, comic relief between these two characters is always a welcome thing, as you will see in my list. Um, Shall we move on to number five then, Carl? Let's do it. All right. Well, my number five... Uh, it comes from the end of Chapter 12, The Siege, um, and I'm calling this moment Picked Up From School. Um, because this is when, you know, the the transport-carrying uh, Cara Dune, uh, Grief Karga, and Mithral um, is bursting out of the canyons, heading towards the city on Navarro, with being chased by TIE fighters, and of course... Uh, Din comes in to save the day in the Razor Crest, the newly repaired uh, Razor Crest. Uh, And then there's the whole sequence that unfolds as he flies through the air, blasting TIE fighters with uh, little Grogu eating his cookies strapped in the back seat, uh, just enjoying the the crap out of himself as he spins and turns in the sky and just, you know, raising his hands in the air and squealing (laughs) in the light and all this stuff. Um, and then of course, a uh, little bit, a little bit of onboard maintenance once it's all over <laughs> and he, uh, you know, pukes teal cookie all over his front there. Um, I, I just love it. It's, it's just a fun little moment as, you know, it, it's a exciting, it's a, it's thrilling, it's dangerous, but like it's, it's so much fun for Grogu. Like it's a roller coaster for him and and he thinks it's the greatest thing in the world um just flying through the air with with din saving the day so i uh, i love i love this moment so much
0: <laughs> it's it's a it's a really good one um and yeah, he's just eating that sleeve of what I always thought when I first watched the episode. I was like, oh, these look a lot like you know the Girl Scout cookies, thin mints. Um, but then, of course, everybody's like, oh, these are like macaroons. But apparently, I'd never had a macaroon before because I didn't know what that was. But <laughs> but you yeah. know, it's like he's eating through a sleeve of it. So, you know, I think a thin yeah. mint, the serving size on the box is like two cookies. It's like no, no, no the serving size is two sleeves. Um, so <laughs> 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 but anyway, yeah. It, I love that part specifically at the end that you mentioned when there's the onboard maintenance and he, he throws up and yeah. I love that Din uses his own Cape to kind of wipe yeah. his mouth. I mean, it makes sense, right? Like the practicality yeah. of it, he doesn't have paper towels laying around, but there's just also something very sweet that, you know, again, it's very much like I've seen friends with their, their babies and the baby spits up and you meet, you know, if, if you don't have a rag, you just use your shirt, right? There's an intimacy of mm-hmm. being willing to get your stuff dirty for your child. Yeah. Um, so I just, I love that it's his cloak that he uses to, to tidy him up with. Cause there's just a yeah. real intimacy there.
1: And of course, like any parent who has to do some onboard maintenance while driving, he's doing it with one hand while keeping the other <laughs> hand on the steering wheel. Um, just making sure that everything stays going the right direction uh, <laughs> while, while doing the cleanup at the same time. So yeah, um, I love it. It's, it's such a great moment. But um Yeah, it is. What about you? What is your number five, sir?
0: Uh my number five comes from chapter four Sanctuary, and I call it you stay right here. Um and it's that <laughs> moment when Din gives his first instruction to Grogu. He sets him down on the uh the the pilot seat and he says, You stay right here. I'm gonna go, you know, I'm gonna go into town, make sure things are okay, but you stay here. He opens the door mm-hmm. and Grogu's right there. Yep. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's just—it's a very. Uh, so many of these moments, I think, for both of us, you know, this this week, Jason, are probably going to be silly, and this is one of yep. them. It's just, you know, it's just like that—that that simple comedy of he was just told to stay here, stay put, and then he opens the door and there's Grogu just staying right there. Um, and I think that something I really enjoy about this moment as well, though, is, you know, I feel like for Din. He's thinking he's really still thinking in that solitary mindset. You know, his his whole life has really been that of a bounty hunter out on his own, doing his own thing, protecting himself, looking out only for himself. So I think for him, his his kind of modus operandi is always a solo campaign. So it's like I don't want to bring the child with me. It just opens up more danger. It makes things more difficult. I'll leave him here. I'll take care of this. Um, and right. I think there's, there's certainly that element of he wants to keep him safe, but I think there's also still that, that way of operating is very much a, a solo type thing. So when Grogu, you know, just kind of comes, you know, like a child who doesn't listen, um, mm-hmm. you know, Din just kind of relents and says, oh, what the hell, <laughs> you know, and lets him follow along. And I think yeah. for Grogu, Grogu in the moment, it's, he does feel a, a, a safety When he's with Din. So he just wants to be with him. I don't think it's really like he's trying to be rebellious. It's just he doesn't want to stay there by himself. He's already he feels a bond with Din. So he wants to be with him. Uh, And I think what's what I really love about Din's response then is it's just all right, fine. He respects Grogu's decision. He's not going to force him to stay there. He's not going to be like, nope, you know, strap him in, tape him down or something. He gives Grogu the freedom of choice, um, which I just think is really beautiful.
1: Yeah no it's a really it's a really fun little scene, but yeah, it is one of those things where it's um he it's also you know yes it's it he probably feels a bit of safety with with din uh grogu does, and uh he doesn't want to be left behind alone on a ship for hours and hours perhaps days on end, you know who would um but also it's a new planet gotta explore that, you know. Uh, any kid is going to be like ooh what's this i want to see so um <laughs> there's a bit of that innocence as well that's just like oh new stuff um you know and you got to you got to go experience the new stuff out there um absolutely yeah, i i i do love that where it's like all right you stay here you know uh, and then the next shot is the uh him opening up the, the cargo hatch. And then as it opens from the outside, we just see Grogu standing there next to him. It's like, <laughs> boy, he moves real quick when the camera's not on him. Yeah, he uh, does. <laughs> 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 oh, I love it. I love it.
0: So what is uh, your number four?
1: My number four, uh, we're going to get actually get a little bit serious here uh, for a minute, but we're going to go to chapter... Eight, redemption and the fire trooper mm. uh, i love this moment um you know obviously we they've just had a, an epic shootout with uh the stormtroopers of moff gideon's uh crew there uh they've bar- barricaded themselves inside the uh cantina din is bleeding out he's severely injured Um, After taking that explosion from the E-Web cannon, uh, IG-11 is trying to cut their way out uh, to get into the sewers. Grief is panicking and Kara is, you know, trying to, to figure out how to help him so that he doesn't die and she's refusing to leave him. All of this happens while the fire trooper is roasting the inside of the cantina and getting closer and closer. None of them are are able to do anything about it until finally, in the moment of truth uh grogu steps up and holds back the flame with the force, sending it back to the fire trooper saving everybody and uh, falling on his little butt in exhaustion so uh. um, yeah it's it's a great scene and i and i I have to include all the buildup because Grogu's watching it all go down. He sees how injured uh, Din is and the the desperation on everyone's faces, and he's you know just this little tyke you know in the middle of the room trying to figure out what what is he supposed to do. And he finally sees his moment and he's able to to do something about it and, and save everyone, especially Din. Um, and then you know, yeah, it's it's just a great thing and. It it's very similar to the situation with the Mudhorn, but that one's not on my list because I figure you're going to talk about it later. Um, so uh, <laughs> that 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 was the moment. Um, but yeah, this is this is my number four. I love this moment. I think it's a great great moment. The the music in the the uh, episode of is uh, great as well as this all goes down.
0: Yeah. There's that very angelic music as he kind of, the camera kind of has him rise up into the foreground, right? As he lifts his little (laughs) adorable hands. Yeah. That Uh this is one of those things where I was hoping you'd put it on because it's not on mine. Um, So thank you. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I I don't have a ton to add to what you said because I just, I agree with everything you were saying. Um, I think uh, just a, a reminder that right. Grogu is just better at using the force when it's to protect others. Um, Mm -hmm. and we see how exhausting it is for him to use the force. And, uh, just a fun little side note about that. The first time we ever see someone exhausted from using the force is Luke. He gets a, you know, there's, there's a real physical strain for him to call the lightsaber to his hand and empire strikes back in the Wampus layer. Um, and when he's trying to lift the X wing, like he passes, like he just falls to the ground. Like I can't, it's too big, right? Like he's so out of breath. And, as I'm yeah. reading Light of the Jedi, where we get this, I don't want to spoil anything big here, but there's a big moment where you have a lot of Jedi using the Force and they all get exhausted from it. So this is part of canon that using the Force does cause a level of exertion. So someone quite young like Grogu and having not been fully trained in it, it makes sense doing gestures like this would really knock him out. Um, but I, I I love that you know these are the moments when he really rises up and shines because uh the 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 people that have been protecting him that have cared about him and that he then cares for as well of course he's going to use the force to to push back that hellfire <laughs> so yes
1: yeah and it really is kind of hellfire if you listen to the music too because every time it cuts back to the flame trooper we get the that you know stabbing you know doom sort of uh, approaching uh, music, you know the dun, dun dun, you know that's been playing a lot during Moff uh, Gideon's appearances in that episode too.
0: I think it's yeah.
1: saving the day oh man so good
0: really is um i'm glad you got it into your list
1: (laughs) me too all right well what is your number four sir my number four comes from chapter 14 my favorite
0: episode of season two the tragedy and it's that moment at the beginning of the episode, between Din and Grogu on the Razor Crest as they're approaching Tython, and I call it, "I can't train you. You're too powerful." Um, mm. And I love how this moment opens with Din kind of practicing with Grogu again, using those Force abilities. Uh, you know, kind of redoing what he he had done in front of Ahsoka in the previous episode. You know. Uh, he's the one who's able to get Grogu to really tap into his force abilities because he's the one who has a connection to him in a kind of very interesting way. It almost makes him, in my opinion, a better Jedi master to Grogu than an actual Jedi master potentially, because they're, they have a very special kind of bond. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, and again, we'll see how that flushes itself out in, in subsequent seasons. But I love this moment where, uh, first off where he just says Grogu and he turns and looks and he chuckles. It's the only time we ever hear din chuckle in this moment. He's just so relaxed and at ease and having fun with this child. I mean, it's, I love that. So, so, so much. Uh, and, and, and when Grogu able to use the force again, he goes, dang Farrakh. And, and Grogu who was kind of confused by that drops the ball. And he's like, no, I'm not mad at you. I, and, it just it's so real to Din that this relationship that he's building, that he's fostering, that he's falling in love with is it has a timetable. It's going to come to an end. and he, yeah. he and I think when he says, "I can't train you, you're too powerful it's it's less a statement to Grogu and more of just telling himself, I'm not the one that Grogu needs. And I think it breaks his heart that he's not. But he's trying yeah. to convince himself that he's doing the right thing by bringing Grogu to a Jedi. Um, and I think, again, uh, like any good parent, uh, Din recognizes there's this immense potential for Grogu. And he wants to see that actualized, even if it's not with him. So for me, I really feel Din's sadness in this moment, knowing that, you know, there's this really. Clear realization that he can't be with Grogu forever, and and I think um, the way Grogu just kind of drops the ball in his own frustration when Din is saying all that, I think for Grogu it's really hard to think he will also have to let go. Um, so it's that you know it's that moment of clarity where um, you know you have something really wonderful going, and you know it's you know it can only exist for a time. And there's something so magical because of that. And yet so heartbreaking. I mean, heck for all of us, star Wars fans, that star Wars celebration, right? Like we, <laughs> we love those, you know, three to five days. We all get to be together having fun, but we also know that it's kind of bittersweet, right? Cause it has an end date. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's
1: my number four. Nice. It's a really great one. Um, yeah, it's a, I love it opening with him saying his name a couple times and just <laughs> enjoying the reaction uh that he gets uh now knowing Grogu's name. Um it's so adorable, but it is, you know, it is that thing like, oh man, this is this can't go on forever. Um and it's it's sad and it's frustrating, but he, you know, he's not able to teach grogu anything about the force he's not able to help him with with his abilities at all it's it's just not something he is trained or has any abilities to
0: to do sorry
1: you're right sorry yeah so uh and it does have a have a timetable and it's coming close yeah so
0: yeah uh it's yeah it, it's it's just that 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 sad reality of 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 where things are going and where things can't go um and yeah i i just i love that so much um so while you were while you were explaining things jason i just i had to cue it up because i love i love this exchange so much <laughs> Grogu <laughs> grogu <laughs> I just love that so much.
1: It's so good um, awesome, well, what is your number three? My number three uh we're actually going back to episode or chapter twelve, the siege um. And this is a a moment I've titled Fixing the Razor Crest. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And of course, it's the moment where uh, Grogu is in the bowels of the ship uh, and Din is trying to get him to put reverse the wires and he's just not getting it. Um, And it's just the interactions that the patience that Din has to exhibit trying to talk grogu through this because he's clearly not getting it um and and then finally of course it all ends up with grogu you know slamming the wires together zapping himself and well it was worth a shot you okay (laughs) (laughs) you know it's i love it it's just so adorable and silly um that it is one of my favorite moments in the entire show um let alone, you know, so I, I had to include it on this list. I don't have much else to say about it though.
0: Well, that's so funny, Jason, because that's also my number three. Um, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love this episode, or this moment. And, you know, I know I've played the clip several times on the show, but I used it again for the top of the episode because it's worth putting in your ears again because it's just so adorable and hilarious. And yes. I know I said the same thing last week when we were talking about it, but. I have never laughed so hard at anything in Star Wars as I do with this scene, um, and I still laugh. Literally every time I watch it, I laugh. It's just how hard do I laugh each time? <laughs> you know? um, but uh, it's something I really actually love about. It. As I so as I was saying, like right there's there's clearly just the simple reality that I love this moment because it's funny, and 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 this season two. Things are a little bit heavier, a little bit darker. So we, these moments of levity, I really appreciate. Um, but as I was thinking about like, all right, what else is going on here though? What, what, what else makes this so great? And I think something mm-hmm. that really stands out to me is the amount of trust Din has in Grogu, letting him into the very guts of the Razorcrest. I mean, the Razorcrest is his home and he's trusting Grogu to help him fix it. And I think in just a very simplistic kind of symbolic way, of course, he trusts Din to help him repair his broken home. You know, uh, Grogu is making everything in his life more delightful. Of course, he's going to trust him to fix his beloved Razor Crest. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just I love that there's also that going on in the midst of this kind of silly moment. Is there is, you know, uh, uh, such such a bond of of trust that like. You know, obviously, Din literally can't get into that part of the ship. Um, it would probably require him really taking things apart. So he kind of has the advantage of having somebody tiny like Grogu to kind of shimmy in there. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, you know, he's he's trusting a child <laughs> to, to work on his ship, which I think is just really wonderful. Um, and, of course, as you know, when Grogu does get shocked <laughs> by crossing the wires, he was told not to cross. You right. know, Din's just like, Ugh, are you all right? Like, <laughs> there's just like... I told you not to do that, you know, and uh, you know, whenever I did something that I was, whenever like my father told me, don't do that. And if I did it, he would get really mad at me. I'd get in a lot of trouble, um, which I don't think was always the best way to respond to those things. But I love the way Din responds. He doesn't shame him. He doesn't say, I told you that was going to happen. Or you idiot. Why'd you touch those for? Instead, it's this moment where he just says, are you all right? (laughs) Like he just cares about him. Like, oh, you kind of disobeyed what I said, you kind of learned your lesson, but he doesn't need to lord that over him. He doesn't need to shame him out of that mistake. It's just like, oh, man, are you okay? Um, so I also love that part of it as well. Like, I think it's just like, it's good parenting. It's, you don't, you don't shame your child for making a mistake. You just make sure they're okay.
1: The best parents in Star Wars, Shmi and Din Djarin. Yeah, I think <laughs> you're right, Jason. <laughs> Man, if, uh, uh, if, if Shmi was your mom and Din was your dad, that would be amazing. Uh, um, yeah, you would live a very blessed life. No kidding. Uh, St. Shmi and uh, – anyway. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I said that right as Carl was taking a drink. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's okay.
0: Well, you're not wrong.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, it's number two, right? It is indeed. All right, well, my number two, we're going back to chapter one, The Mandalorian, and this is the meeting. The meeting of of these two characters. I absolutely love, love, love this scene. And there's not a lot that I have to say about it other than it's just a a magical moment as The Mandalorian fully realizes what he's been sent to, to catch or kill. Uh, and the situation that he's put in with IG-11, just going to, you know, fulfill the contract by killing the asset, the child, and it is a child, even though it's 50 years old, and that unsettles the Mandalorian so much, and something wells up within him that he has to defend and protect this little guy, and so he does, and... It's just this fantastic little, little moment, and the the shot, that last shot of the episode as he's reaching into the bassinet and the little hand starts to reach up towards his finger, is still probably one of my favorite shots in the entire series. So I, there's no way this wasn't going to make it high in my list. So
0: yeah, it's. It's just so good. I mean, it's and I think it's like it's also the defining moment in the show because yeah. uh, I can I can only speak for myself. But going into it, I had very well, not specific, but definitely certain expectations of what the show was going to be. I had these ideas of like, OK, it's going to be a bounty hunter. show, probably a bounty hunter show about probably some like anti antihero um, type of a deal. And then you get this moment. And I feel like right there, you know, in the same way that it changes these characters on their head, like I mentioned earlier when I talked about it, I think it also changes the, 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 the fan narrative of what the show is going to be. Um, this right. is not going to be just some cold-blooded, heartless bounty hunter story. This is the story of a hero coming into their understanding of who they are, which right. is like the pinnacle of Star Wars storytelling.
1: It's all Star Wars yeah you know every every Star Wars is a hero figuring out that they are one and how they become that, so um yeah, and this is the Mandalorian is no different, and this is that moment this is that defining moment where not only does he have to have his views radically altered on what's going on, but where we finally see ah, that's what this is all about yeah, so
0: yeah. You're so right.
1: Alright, what's your number two, sir?
0: Um well my number two, for all I know, might be your number one. Um, but it is the moment of goodbye. Between It is. Yes, between Din and sweet beautiful Grogu.
1: He go on. That's who you
0: belong with. He's one of your kind. I'll see you again. I promise. Jason, I watched this episode again tonight and cried pretty bitterly. <laughs> it's just,
1: I'm fighting back tears just but, listening to it right now. Yeah,
0: it's. I mean, it's as much as I love the moment of Anakin saying goodbye to Shmi. This to me is that moment on steroids. I mean, it's just. Oof. And and again, it's. It. I think it's mainly because we've spent, you know, f- over you know, fifteen episodes watching these two form their bond whereas we saw Anakin and Shmi together for you know maybe 25 minutes of screen time so there's certainly Mm -hmm. a different connection but Mm -hmm. you know it is just as the moment with Shmi and Phantom Menace is is about selfless love this is that same sentimentality Um, Din has to say goodbye even though you know he doesn't want to and I think that's Precipitated by the fact that his initial response to, to Luke is, he doesn't want to go with you. And he's like, no, he does. <laughs> but he wants permission. Um, but this this moment to me is everything. Din taking that helmet off is a very clear statement of he is happily setting aside the life he knew before Grogu. Because to to quote St. Paul, all else is rubbish in the face of love. Um, and you know, I think for Din, that is, that is a truth he has lived into is his, his time and his experiences with Grogu have changed who he is as a man, as he, as he is, as a person and everything that came before him is just, does it, it doesn't have the weight that it used to because of how Grogu has changed his heart. Um, and the way Grogu touches his face, that need to touch him, to touch the real him, not just touch the helmet, but to touch his face. Grogu needs that before he says g- goodbye. He needs two things from Din. He needs his permission. He needs to know that Din will be okay with him leaving. And he needs to see his face. He needs to let me look on you with my own eyes, to quote, wow. you know, to quote a very famous Star Wars moment. Um So, you know, this is clearly a moment of of great love between these two characters.
1: Yeah. Um, It is my number one moment because of all the time these characters have have spent together and the the building, the careful crafting that the the writers and, and directors and actors and puppeteers all did to develop this bond, this relationship between these two characters over these two seasons, it all comes down to this. If it weren't for all of that, this moment wouldn't be my number one moment with these two characters. Um, but because they took the time to carefully craft everything and really get us invested in the relationship between these two people, um, it's, it's just so heart-wrenchingly beautiful um and you know it it's it's sad when when he he tells him that he has to say goodbye but then when he when Grogu reaches up to touch the helmet looking back and forth between the visor slits you know just you know you you feel what he wants what he's trying to get and and din relents and it's this moment I think in this past week um we've talked about the previous episode you know episode 15 being called the believer um and how you know you think it's it's Mayfeld and we've we've talked about it being Mayfeld the believer but it's this moment that makes me think no the believer is Din oh yeah um, because he believes in uh in Grogu um and, and this is, this is why, and that's all that matters. And so he takes his helmet off. Uh, he's done it before for Grogu, and he's gonna do it now for Grogu, um, to finally see his face. And, uh, it's, it's the most beautiful thing when he reaches up and touches Din's face, um, I've, I've choked up, I've had tears, my mom nearly bawled watching it the first time. Um, so it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful scene. And it is my number one moment with Din and Grogu by far. Um, it, there's, it's not even close. Yeah. But you've got one more. I yeah. think I know well, what it is.
0: Well, before I get to my number 1, I got to say there is a a wonderful musician who actually wrote the music for uh the Star Wars Christmas album, a uh, Mr. John Bon Jovi, and I think he's got a great great lyrics for this particular moment. Never say- Thanks, John Bon Jovi.
1: That needs to be a tribute video on YouTube <laughs> right know. now.
0: Well, the what? lyrics the lyrics are now. oddly sexual, so they don't quite work because it's about a romance. But I feel like the, the, the refrain works perfectly. So. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, I love a good ballad. So they're, they're my favorite. Yeah. But Jason, well. you are indeed correct about guessing my number one. It is, in fact... Yes! <laughs> the The moment when uh, Grogu saves Din from the Mudhorn, it is the very signet that designates them as a clan of two. Um, It is the first time we. Well, I say this like the show had been going on for so long. I mean, we're only the second episode in. We already see the Force, but again, kind of going back to your, you know, when you were talking about, you know, their their first encounter, that moment really changing. Our understanding of what the show could be. And then, you know, when we see Grogu and we're like, oh, my gosh, it's a baby Yoda. um, Does he inevitably have the force? He probably does. Right. And, you know, we find that out not not too long into the show that he, in fact, does. But, you know, as we've been talking about, it's he uses that that force for the first time uh, because Din is in danger and in my head, and Jason, and of course, I don't know if this is true, but I feel like this is quite possibly the first time Grogu has used the force in a very long time. Um, you know, I mean, Ahsoka has kind of pointed out in, in, you know, chapter 13 that he's tried to hide his abilities to stay safe. Um, he knows he probably knows that, you know, he, he was whisked away before Order 66 could could wipe him out. Um, Grogu knows that the Jedi were hunted and and destroyed, so he's obviously not going to use the force, but, uh, I mean, it's kind of akin to that moment in the first episode of rebels when Kanan steps out, he's like, kid, I'm about to let you everyone in on a secret, right? Like that moment of exposing something that's quite dangerous about yourself. Um, granted Grogu doesn't have an audience like Kanan did, but Grogu it's, it's, you know, I think it's also what defines who Grogu is. Grogu is just such a pure good character that he sees Din in danger. Din has been protecting him this entire episode. He he saves him from the attacking Trandoshans. Uh That great shot of of Din, you know, swiping the um, the Prim out of the way as the med, the Mudhorn tries to take it out. Um, and in this moment, and and I know I've made this. This comment before Jason, but the Mudhorn fight is my favorite beast battle in all of Star Wars. The way that Din is literally giving his body to protect Grogu in this moment—I mean, he gets torn apart—and th- and that's part of the reason I love this moment is is you know here I was expecting this kind of badass bounty hunter who gets embarrassed by Jawas and now is getting just demolished by this Mudhorn. Um, You know, he's, he's giving his very body, he's giving his very armor, which is part of his identity to protect this child. And there's just this impulsive reaction from Grogu to do the same. Um, And in clearly in Grogu's mind, it's worth taking the risk of, of being exposed as a force user to, to protect Din. Um, So I love, I just love that moment so much because it really solidifies uh The fact that these two um, you know kind of Im- kind of important to each other um, so yeah, uh, here we go. I want to play this music I'm using the force for the first time. Uh, it's just such a great epic moment that really establishes that these are each other's protectors in a lot of ways, so yeah. um, yeah, you know, as much as I love the goodbye and it is i mean I mean, I cry bitterly hard every time <laughs> I watch that goodbye scene to me, this moment it just takes the cake because it's where we kind of see their uh subconscious intuitive selves taking over and din's intuitive sense of self is to protect that child at all costs grogu's instinct protect this person at all costs so it's this is even before they've established a relationship and there's just something innate between them that says you need to look out for one another um so Mm -hmm. i just that's why it's my number one
1: yeah no it's a great great scene and like i said this would this would have been in my top five if i didn't know it was going to be very high (laughs) on your list um so uh that's why like i said that's why i went with the the fire trooper because it's a similar situation and i didn't want to have two of those in the same list um but uh this is definitely one of those those defining moments of this show uh as as it really reveals everything. It puts everything out on the table um, that we need to know about these two characters. Um, and I, you're right. It, this has got to be probably the first time he's used the Force in anything, you know, more than just a, a quick little, you know, pull or push, uh, maybe, um, in a very, very long time. Uh, this is... Not only is he struggling to keep everything, you know, the way that he's trying to do it, you know, very hard. But it, it causes him to pass out for a day, you know, or, or so. He's mm-hmm. so utterly exhausted. He has not touched the Force like this in a long time. But it is the Force that has brought these two characters together, um, in my opinion, very mm. clearly. Um as exampled in this episode um, all throughout this episode, but this moment really crystallizes everything uh, with these two characters. So it's a, it's a terrific moment um, and, and definitely one of the highlight moments of the entire season and a crystallizing moment and a, a focusing moment for the entire series. So yeah, very good.
0: Yeah. And I, I appreciate what you just said there too about how you know it does it knocks grogu out for almost a day um mm-hmm. so in the same way that din is kind of offering up his body um as protection for the child the child also it 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 does a number on his body as well right um so we might be luminous beings but we are embodied um so what we do with those bodies matters and you know, uh, both these characters, I just, I, I like how you're illuminating the fact that they both give uh, something significant of, of their physical selves to protect yeah. one another.
1: Even luminous beings can burn out. So. Yeah. <laughs> you are right.
0: <laughs>
1: oh. oh, gosh. And that's a conversation I'd rather save for our discussion on Light of the Jedi. Um, yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> But oh man, that's such a fun episode, Carl.
0: Yes. It really, it really was. And I knew it would be. <laughs> top fives yeah. are always a blast. And um as soon as season two ended, I I mean, I know pretty early on we talked about like we should do a top five Grogu and didn't didn't episode. So we we're just like oh, yeah. why why wait? Let's just do it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> um so uh it, Interestingly enough, we are we're not going to use that as a poll this time because we have a really epic matchup that we're going to share with you here in a minute. Um, mm-hmm. But as always, you know, when we share the episode, please feel free to share your favorite Din and Grogu moments, like, you know, comment on the social media. Send us an email about them. You know, we would love to see what, what other folks are appreciating, especially if they're moments we didn't even mention because there's still so many more. So maybe you have yeah. a favorite moment we didn't even mention. Um, so we'd love to hear hear about that. Um. But Jason, as we said at the top of the show, uh, we are we are doing another giveaway. Yes. So uh, um, a while back, um, you know, my buddy and yours, Greg, uh, my buddy Greg, uh, Ion Cannon on social media, uh, gave me a couple of old
1: uh, e- EYE on Canon. Yes. For anyone trying to find him. Right. So. Right.
0: Um, so, uh, Greg gave me some some Funko Pops that he didn't he didn't want um and he's like here just give them away on your show and i meant that was like a year well probably over a year ago and i was cleaning out some stuff from my star wars room the other day and i was like oh my gosh i forgot i had these so our first giveaway comes to you all courtesy of my buddy greg um and it is a funko pop of boba fett taking off it's it's him flying on his jetpack it's a really great looking uh funko and of course i will share pictures of that on our social media so all you have to do to be entered to win um kind of like we've done in the past uh Uh, You have three options. Option number one is uh, when you see that tweet come out later this week, all you have to do is like it um, and retweet it and follow us if you don't already follow us. Um, Instagram, all you have to do is like the picture and then share it to your story. And if you don't use social media, because I know there's some of you who listen who just don't have social media accounts, uh, you could also just write us a review in the iTunes store. Um, so just head over to the iTunes store and write a quick review and any, you can do all of those things. You can do one of those things and you will be entered to win. And we will announce the winner in two weeks, um, when we are back on the main show, um, to discuss light of the Jedi next week, uh, I will be having a very special guest on the show to do a new episode of star Wars lessons, which, um, that kind of, uh, Took a little bit of hiatus for the holidays and also some scheduling problems. Um, but I uh, have a really exciting guest scheduled for next week, and I'm really excited to, to have them on. Um, so you have two weeks to enter this giveaway. And then, like I said, in two weeks, Jason and I will be on to have a in-depth conversation about the new High Republic book, Light of the Jedi. Yes. Which, like we said kind of at the beginning of the show, this book, Jason, it's just blowing my mind. It is it- I got to say, first and foremost, the thing I think I appreciate most about it is that it's something completely devoid of all other Star Wars content right now, like because it being 200 years before Phantom Menace just makes anything game. I feel like it's 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 getting all of the positives of both the the anthology or excuse me, the uh, standalone movies had Rogue One and Solo, I still feel are the strongest Disney Star Wars movies to me. Um, Because they just don't have the weight of having to be Skywalker saga stories. Um, Right. And I think High Republic is already off to a great start. Charles Soule is an unbelievably good author. Uh, Who the Jedi are, how they are acting and behaving, what the Republic is at this time. It's just so exciting. And the book reads so cinematically. I literally, Jason, will finish it because the chapters are pretty short. So it makes it read faster, in my opinion. Um, and I'll usually finish a chapter, close the book for like anywhere between five to 10 minutes and just think about visualizing what I just read. And it's so fun. Um, so I can't wait to talk about this more. What's it been like listening to the audio book? Cause obviously I'm reading it, but you're listening.
1: Right. It's been a fantastic listen. Um, the, uh, I'm just looking up the narrator. Yeah. Mark Thompson is narrating it and he's probably the best of all the star Wars narrators. In my opinion, because he really gets into uh, the characters and all the characters are very defined and distinct. Uh, They have different ways that, you know, obviously he's done doing different voices, but they also have different ways that they talk and different intensities and things like that. So it's, it's a lot easier, especially in a book that's just full of new characters. Um, It's, it really helps to differentiate who is who and what's going on and, and where we're at Um, as all of these different things happen simultaneously in different places at once. Uh, So it's been really great. Um, And it does read cinematically. You're absolutely 100% right. So um, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to exploring The High Republic Republic even more. Um, And I can't wait to see how this book ends. Um, Like I said, I've only got a couple chapters left. So I'm very... (laughs) very excited to see how this one ends and I'll be listening to it at least one more time before we talk about it in two weeks. Yeah. So,
0: um, and I've, I've been reading this slower than I have any other book in a long time, just because of how much I'm enjoying it. Um, and I actually, I, I, thanks to my buddy, Greg, he had an advanced copy of into the dark, which is the upcoming YA novel from high Republic by Claudia gray. And it was awesome. (laughs) Like
1: it was so fun. Um, I can't get that on audible until next month right because it doesn't come out on audible until next month so i'm a little jealous yeah i don't want any details but i'm very jealous carl (laughs) (laughs) i feel like that's another one we
0: might have to discuss at the end of february it's also a great story um but uh, that being said, uh, something we're going to try here, this is kind of a, a pilot idea, and hopefully um, some of you will uh, take us up on this offer, but I've, I went ahead and ordered an extra copy of Light of the Jedi, and what I'd like to do is if any of you who are listening um, would like to read this book, but you just don't have the means to get your hands on it for whatever reason— um, I invite you to just send us an email and say, I'd like a copy of light of the Jedi. And what we want to try to do with this is the first person to email us that I will mail you a copy of the book. And what I will ask you to then do is when you have finished reading the book, I want you to write your name in the back of the book and mail it to the next person on the list. So all you, all folks will have to pay for is the shipping cost. And I'm not saying that that's completely free. Of course, you'll have to probably spend about five to five to $10 at the very most. Um but I'd really like to see if we can just pass this along. It'll be a, a Wampas lair copy of the book that we want to share with all of you. And obviously people read at their own speed, so it may take, you know, a couple of weeks or so to get it between folks. But we just want to try this, see how it works. So hmm. if you are interested in, in reading this book um but you feel that you may have trouble getting your hands on it, send us an email, wampaslairpodcast at gmail.com, just simply saying your name and give us your mailing address. Um, and the first person to reach out, I will send it to you. And then uh, I will basically send subsequent people the other person's mailing address. So, um, of course, if you're not comfortable giving someone your mailing address, I understand not wanting to to do this. Um, and I'm sure some of you might be like, I don't want to wait till who knows how long this takes to get my hands on it. But if you'd like to participate in this, all you got to do is send us an email with your mailing address and we'll make sure that it gets to you at some point.
1: Yep. First come, first serve on the list, though. So. Um, that's, that's how we'll do the, the list in order. So, um, so just keep that in mind and we'll let you know kind of where you are on the list too. Um, when, when you get put on there, but, um, yeah, I'm really curious to see how this turns out and if, and if it's a success or not, you know, because like I said, it's something brand new. We've never done something like this before, but we're going to try, you're going to try it out and see what happens. Um, I'm very curious to see, see how this works.
0: Yeah yeah so and it's going to be a pilot idea for something else we have kind of brewing in the pot for um probably later this spring early summer
1: um so yeah And so, it's, not, it, it's not chicken in the pot um, No. it's it, something else so <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so yeah so if you know if you want to uh um participate in the giveaway, you've got the instructions, just keep an eye on our social media. Um, and uh, obviously, if you have any questions, send us an email about any of this stuff, and and like I said, if you want to get your hands on a copy of Light of the Jedi, just send us an email with your mailing address, and we'll make sure that you eventually get the copy we'll be sending around. Um, and again, the idea is, like I said, is I, I just it, it'd be fun to have folks write their names in the back too. Just uh, eventually, I'll ask somebody to mail it back to me. It'll just be neat to see how many folks had their hands on this, which I think would be uh, really cool. Disinfect your hands before you mail it. Obviously, there's still the pandemic, but it doesn't right. stay on surfaces for very long. So you should be okay by the time it gets to somebody else.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Um,
0: but uh, yeah. So uh, I guess our last bit, Jason, is is our epic matchup for, oh, oh gosh, we're going to have to sit on this one for two weeks because uh, we won't be back till then.
1: Oh man, that's that's terrible because it's one of the most epic matchups we've ever done <laughs> uh, in my opinion, at least for a while. Um we're, we're going back to pitting a couple of scenes against each other. Uh, and this is probably the most incredible, uh, epic cameo appearances ever. Um, so we are pitting the Luke Skywalker showing up, uh, on Gideon's light freighter, uh, to get up to the bridge and find, you know, tearing through dark troopers versus Darth Vader at the end of rogue one tearing through rebel troopers to get to the 10 of four. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is epic. This is epic. Which scene do you prefer? Um, and I'm going to have to think about this cause there's, oh man, there's so many, there's so much to consider between these two things. I think I know what I'm going to go with, but they're both incredibly epic. Yeah. Um, and they Gosh, and they, and
0: I feel like they both serve a very similar purpose, right? Mm, yeah. um, so it really does just kind of come down to which flavor do you like more, chocolate or cookies and cream, you know, mm. or something of such yeah. nature. You know, I was trying to think of like two delicious things. I was going to say chocolate and vanilla, but like vanilla is so boring. But then I can hear the people in the back. I
1: love vanilla. So who knows? <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, pick two flavors you love yeah. and insert here. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. So... <laughs> But Carl, if people want to weigh in on the matchup, if they want to keep an eye out for the giveaway, if they want to uh, email us for the book uh, trip, I don't know what we're calling it. the, the book We're going to call it the hashtag lair share. The lair share, the book yes. lair share. Uh, or just anything that we've talked about in this episode, where can people get involved with us, Carl?
0: Um, well, we are, of course, on Twitter at Wampus Lair. You can find us on Facebook, uh Facebook.com slash Podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram, the underscore wampaslair. And always send us an email at wampaslairpodcast at gmail.com. Uh and if you want to support the show on Patreon, just head over to patreon.com slash wampaslair.
1: Yes. Uh it's all exciting, and we're we're still working on getting Patreon revamped, so keep an eye out on that. Uh, and Patreon supporters, be sure you're reviewing all of your stuff uh, because you've got access to our Discord uh, which we're going to try and get back uh, up and running here in the new year so uh, anything else Carl before we close down this episode? That's it for me Alright well thank you everyone so much for listening to episode 410 of the Wampus Lair podcast Clan of Two for Carl, I'm Jason, and we'll see you next time here in the Waffa's Lair.